0: You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Alex Adelman, CEO founder of Lolly. This episode is brought to you by the Block BlockCard. Earn up to 6.38% back on every merchant purchase with no limits. BlockCard is the easiest, cheapest, and best way to use your cryptocurrency to buy what you want, when you want at over 50 million merchants globally. BlockCard has no exchange fees, no deposit fees, and no transaction fees. You can sign up at getblockcard.com, deposit funds, and instantly get access to your virtual card. We'll mail you a physical card too. You can also sync it with Apple or Google Pay. If you hold cryptocurrency, then you need to get BlockCard today. Visit getblockcard.com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. We'd like to welcome on Alex Adelman, CEO founder of Lolly. Lolly started with a goal to make it easier to earn, own, and even share Bitcoin. And with that, I'd like to welcome Alex onto the show. Welcome, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. Now, Alex, many of our audience out there, uh, they're new to cryptocurrency. So tell us a little bit about who is Lolly, what is Lolly, and then how did you get involved in the world of crypto?
1: Yeah, great question. So, yeah, we are a Bitcoin rewards company. Uh, We give people free Bitcoin when they shop online. So, yeah, we wanted to create the, the easiest way for people to get into Bitcoin.
0: Like, when we're talking free Bitcoin. Like, what do you mean by free? Because I mean, there's always a cause, like free Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, so a lot, a lot of what we get is it seems too good to be true, but it's actually a pretty simple uh, business model. Uh, it, it functions, uh, so, so Lolly is built on a cashback rewards uh, system. So we actually partner with uh, over 750 merchants. And those merchants reward our users when they shop their sites. So every time you buy, you can get upwards of 30% and on average of around 7% back in Bitcoin.
0: In Bitcoin. So there are many people out there that like to shop. And I've been finding that the younger kids these days kind of add their stuff on, onto Amazon. So that when you're getting into crypto, there are people that they just they want to hold it. They, the plan is to, to stay. But then there are others that want to do something with it. I mean, what can you do with a... Remember, I need you to kind of take me back. What is Bitcoin? What is it?
1: Yeah, so, so Bitcoin is a digital currency uh, that anyone in the entire world can own and share. But for a lot of people, because it is a new type of money, it's uh, it's a little confusing for people um, when they're having to set up their private keys, set up their, um, their management of that money, because uh, Bitcoin is the bank of the future. It, it is somebody's own personal bank for a self-sovereign individual. And I think that because it, it is different than what the status quo of money currently is, it is a little confusing when, for, p- when people first get started. So we built a solution that makes it really easy to get involved without having to uh, take the risk of buying Bitcoin. Um, so really, we have two users. We have someone who's very new to Bitcoin, um, that, that wants to get Bitcoin. And then we have somebody who is experienced with Bitcoin, who wants to get more of it.
0: Interesting. So let's kind of dig into it a little bit more on the Bitcoin side, because many people that are, that are out there looking in, they don't look at Bitcoin. Like it can be used as a currency, but what you're telling me is that people can shop online. Well, you shop with currencies currently, right? I mean, most people around the world, they're buying something, either transmitting a, what is the equivalent to a dollar or uh yen or, or, or a pound. so Bitcoin is it has it always been a currency or is it becoming one?
1: So yeah I think it's always been a currency and anything you can really spend and uh, receive um, is is something that I would consider a currency and currency has has a lot of different um, classifications um, but yes, Bitcoin is a currency.
0: But now what's the purpose So take, take me to this. I'm a small business owner. I don't know any different. I, I use the, the traditional banking systems out there, payment processing systems. Why is Bitcoin better for me as a business owner? Because it, it removes
1: all the middlemen. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the biggest ones is it re- removes the middlemen. So with Bitcoin, you can uh, send somebody money and the only things that are needed are uh, are is that contract between the two people. So if I want to send you money, I don't have to deal with five to 10 middlemen taking their tax um, on every single transaction. Wait a minute. So, so you're telling they,
0: me that every transaction, I mean, once I, once I send money to somebody, there, there's a, a piece is taken or someone's charged in the middle. Cause again, most people aren't aware of this.
1: Right. And, and I think that's one of the biggest problems in the space is educating people on what money is and how money is transferred to begin with, because a lot of people don't know what happens to their money when they swipe their credit card. But if you're a merchant, if you're a business owner, you understand very well that every single transaction, you're paying upwards of 3%, 4%, and in some cases, Three 10 to, to 15.
0: percent 4%. I mean, so when I buy something at a retailer, uh, some people do that still these days. My, my family is one of them. Buy something at a retailer. You're telling me that that retailer, that by them to collect, they had to immediately put into the value of that thing. That they're selling you another four percent or even more to cover the transaction cost.
1: Yeah, and it can even be higher with chargebacks. Uh, so, so small and, and with low um, purchase uh, volume. So, if, if if I go to my bodega or grocery store uh, and I go buy like a three dollar you know uh, pack of gum, that merchant is probably paying a flat fee of twenty five cents on top of the the three percent transaction. Alex, cost. that's a lot so, of
0: money. That a is lot a lot of money that, that you're, you're talking about a system that is stealing, <laughs> legally stealing from businesses that up till now, they haven't had a choice. I mean, who do you, who do you complain to? Right. Cause the small ones always get bought up by the big ones. So exactly. And, and
1: yeah. the, the consumer doesn't think that it's affecting them because they're just swiping their card. But all of that is built into the price. Like that, that pack of gum is 25 cents more expensive. And just because you're swiping your card to buy it which which is a horribly inefficient uh, system, if you think about it. And and as we um, grow and, and, and the world becomes more connected, it doesn't make sense to have those archaic rails when you have the technology such as Bitcoin or a digital currency that can transfer value from one person to another with next to no transaction cost.
0: And that's pretty big. So I, I just because you're, you're a math guy and I'm a wannabe math guy. I took just 4% of a $250 purchase that that merchant that that merchant it cost them $10 which obviously was built into the math for you to buy that $250 thing or things that your bill would have been 240. I mean, what person in the world would think that's a terrible idea that if they could walk in and buy something for $240 via or, or versus 250 if they were given the choice? Why aren't more exactly. Why aren't more organizations around the world Given consumers that choice because it's their money.
1: Well, Bitcoin's in its infancy, and I think people have to understand it. It's 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 just getting started. Digital currency as a whole is just getting started, so anything new is going to take time. Um, but it, it is a better technology. Uh, it removes cost. It removes friction. And uh, the more solutions that emerge, that you know, like Lolly, um, that I think the the more um, easily people will get into the space and learn about uh, the benefits of digital currency.
0: Wow. And cause there's many people out there that they get bribed by these fantastic offers. Don't they? If you sign up for our fancy card, we're going to give you some crazy percentage, uh, back that, that what you're doing is not only lowering the fee for them, uh, or lowering it for, for retailers, which equally and should turn into savings for the consumer, but you've also designed it so that they always win in this deal.
1: Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about uh, like a cashback business model yeah. is is everybody wins. You the always merchants, win. Yeah, the merchants get a, a new customer, the customers get money back. Um, and then, yeah, and then, uh, you know, we take a, a small uh, percent so that we stay in business. Of course. We can like, continue uh, to offer uh, guys, more, more sure. and, Bitcoin.
0: And, and I argue, and I love this space, so the, the, the players, the innovators, is that look at all of the jobs created by this new innovation. So while there is... There is an old way of doing things that's being replaced by a better, more efficient. The consumer and the retailers are all saving in this. They're saving money. And on top of it, you're able to employ people around the world. I mean, that must excite you every day that you don't have to sell this thing that all you got to do is tell them the, here's the story. Do you want $10 back? Would you like to have it back in your pocket? What would you do with that $10? Could it have brought you and your family out to, I don't know, get a, get an ice cream or a snack or go or $50 or a hundred dollars here that it all adds up. Doesn't it, Alex? Exactly. Yeah. We, have had,
1: we've had users that have earned thousands of dollars back in, in U uh, S dollars equivalent, uh, back in, in, Bitcoin. So it's, people can just buy like shopping for everyday, um, items for travel, for office supplies, whatever, whatever people are shopping for, uh, we want to give them the ability to to earn Bitcoin back. And I think people think that it's a small amount, but if you start to just go to our site first and before you buy something, uh, I think you can find that you can earn a significant amount back. And I think one of the nice things about Bitcoin is that since we launched, it has gone up in value dramatically. Uh, when we launched, uh, Bitcoin was around $3,700, and now you know, it's around 9000 mm. So already are like, we're showing that Bitcoin has value to our early users because it's gone up over time.
0: And I love that you're bringing something that has never been in, again, my opinion only, that people have never really had true transparency, but what you've designed and what you've created is just that. It is the ultimate transparency. Yes. Thank you. So dig into a little more, Alex. Transparency. Why does it matter? Because people, most people don't They don't know until you tell them. I mean, look, there have been moments in my own life, the aha moment, right? That not until somebody explained it to me did I go, aha, I get it now. Why is transparency key? Why is it a big deal? And where do you see it going?
1: Yeah. Transparency is key for, for any business. And I think it's, it's even more, uh, important for businesses that deal with people's money. Um, I I think that, the, there's there's a lot of businesses that are built on the consumer not you know not understanding like how how uh, their businesses work but I think that the future is like consumers are getting way smarter consumers want to know where their money's going and they want to know how they're being charged and and I think there's more and more companies that because of consumer demand for transparency they're having to share how how the business works and why it functions so it, it, as people start to question businesses, and they start to question, you know, where the you know the money goes, they're also going to start to to question the money that's used. And when they find that there's better ways of of transferring value, of paying for things, and and uh, earning, then they're going to opt for a better currency. So I think I think transparency is a huge piece of um, of Bitcoin and and digital currencies as a whole.
0: And where do you see it going from a retailer standpoint? I mean, be, being what they have been put through and are under right now due to the pandemic and due to many other changes uh, around the world that why aren't retailers, why aren't they all rushing in? I mean, I, I just did some math that you have a retailer, a small retailer, let's say they do a million dollars in sales, 4% transaction fee is $40,000. That could have gone back into the business or could have gone back to the consumer, which then tells more people, hey, go shop here. Ah, man, I got a great deal. Why aren't there more companies that know about this?
1: Well, I think that companies don't necessarily want to get involved in in Bitcoin or, or accept digital currencies because the volatility and it makes total sense. Like if I'm going to accept a currency and I don't have you know some sort of remittance network on the back end, I'm going to have to hold a very volatile currency. And most of these businesses are not in the in the business of managing uh, volatile assets and, and so if you don't have the technology that's going to move money back into fiat, which is also pretty expensive, um, you, you, you really create a case where merchants don't necessarily want to accept uh, currency, even if it's a better medium of exchange because it reduces the fees. So I, I think that the, one of the next phases of, um, of, of how merchants are accepting money and, and sending money is through stable coins. I am a big believer that stable coins will be a, a big part uh, of the future. And what is and a stable be, coin?
0: Explain to us again, what is a stable coin, Alex?
1: So a stable co- coin is a uh, is a currency that is uh, pegged to a fiat currency, or I mean I guess it's 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 really a currency that's pegged to any any other currency. And in most cases it is backed um, one-to-one by that that currency. So a lot of the early stable coins are, are um, pegged to fiat dollars. Um, so you can do a U.S. dollar stable coin that is a one-to-one um, representation of the U.S. dollar. And so if I'm going to pay you one U.S. dollar in this stable coin and send it to the merchant, the merchant isn't going to lose value when they receive that, that money. And, I, and, and my big belief is that stable coins are the best segue into Bitcoin because once you start to transact, then you start to realize, okay, w- this money is just an algorithm on top of of what, and then you start to look into what how this money is based and and how centrally controlled it is, and then you start to question like this fiat money and and say, well, wait a second, do I want an, a centralized currency or do I want a decentralized currency? And people all over the world will have to make a decision. If they want a money that is completely decentralized, or do they want a money that is centralized? And now, what does that mean? So let's, let's
0: talk about decentralized. What is decentralized versus centralized?
1: Centralized uh, money is is money that's controlled by a few people, um, a few organizations. Um, money, and then decentralized money is money that is or perfectly decentralized money is money that is not controlled by any one. Uh, person or individual or, or company, and it's controlled by um, the, the the network of, of people. And so it's, you know, the, the hypothesis is that the more decentralized uh, a, a money is, the stronger it is because it can't be uh, controlled. Um, it, it just is. And so with Bitcoin, because there's only 21 million Bitcoin and there will never be any more, it gives everybody faith in the network, knowing that someone just can't go print more money. It, there's only 21 million. So that's a really important concept, I think, for a lot that's of people great to understand. Way of explaining
0: it. And why does printing money, I mean, nations around the world have have been printing money to, to help fix uh, many of the problems caused by the pandemic and other issues. So what happens when a country continues on a path of printing money?
1: It devalues the currency and it causes inflation. And in in a perfect world, um, with infinite resources, um, maybe you know maybe there is a perfect algorithm. Maybe there is a perfect solution for how much money you know should exist. But to believe that like one person or a single organization can just print money and it's going to benefit the people, the corporations, the um, like the future. Um, generations is just a a false premise. It's 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 a lie that I think has been told uh for for decades, if not centuries, um to, to the the world. And I think that there needs to be some sort of checks and balance. And all across the world, decentralized currencies are are challenging these highly centralized currencies to be more decentralized, to be more democratic. Um, and so that's where I think the direction is is there there's this like the the way that Bitcoin came about, it, it was a call. Of, uh, it, it was a reaction to um, the U.S. government and many other governments um, around the world printing too much money and saying, "Well, we don't want this. This is peaceful protest. We are going to create this money that gives um, that 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 is that keeps the the um, the Fed in check and make sure that they're operating." Um, with, with everybody's interest in mind. And every time that they do not operate with everyone's interest in mind and do not protect their the, the the people that they're representing,
0: Bitcoin proves its point. Wow, very powerful. And it reminds me of a quote that says, power is never taken, it's given. That so much power <laughs> has been given away because there hasn't been another option. There hasn't been another choice. And now, exactly. you, now you've got something that is shaking the core around the world, tokenization being one of the new things that is going to keep growing, uh, the, the, DeFi, uh, the DeFi side. That we, Where do you see it through your lensing, Dustin? Man, when I look five years out, man, 10 years out, like, gosh, this excites me. Is there, is there a particular area that just from your side, I mean, you're the visionary here, what blows your mind? <laughs> um,
1: right, right now, I'm, I'm really focused on the future of money. Um, I think that that's the most exciting thing to me. Um, I think some, you know, other people will solve, uh, you know, what's what's uh, considered DeFi. And DeFi, you know, does have um, a lot of applications, probably like more so outside the U.S. Um, and outside of major markets, giving everyone the ability to have some sort of um, um, ability to create like financial markets, financial systems um, those I don't think have, have I, I don't think that um, they've lived up to everything people thought but I do believe it is early days of tokenizing assets of creating um, you know decentralized finance uh, tools for uh, anyone anywhere um, and at, at a certain point over the next 10 years we will see applications emerge that, that are built on top of DeFi that make um, centralized finance applications, uh, very difficult to compete with these decentralized uh, applications. Um, it, it's it's kind of like uh, open source for versus closed source. Over a, a long enough time period, open source will almost always win against a closed source system um, because you just simply, like a closed source system, cannot attract enough developers yeah. and incentivize enough developers to build a closed source ecosystem uh, long enough there. It, eventually it, it will break down. It's just sort of a, yeah. it's a game theory. Yeah,
0: it, it is. And, and I feel that you're creating this internet of value. I mean, I, that's a term that Brad Garlinghouse has used a ripple internet of value that this highway, this super highway that keeps allowing people to build on it and build on it and build on it, that everybody seems to be motivated by, we can do more. We can make this thing even more, more amazing. And and yet there are many people out there, Alex, that have never heard of this stuff before. They didn't know the good. The only thing they've heard about Bitcoin was that somebody hacked into somebody's account. Somebody stole money from somebody. Somebody used it for nefarious purposes. But you're interacting with a, a thousand plus brands around the world. And these are all companies that pass compliance tests and they're legal and they do everything right, that you have something that could be used for good. And it is being used. Most of the time, it's being used for good.
1: Exactly. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, cryptocurrencies have gotten a bad name. And, and as with any industry, you're going to have bad actors uh, that, that, you know, that, that come. And then you're, you also have to keep in mind who's the one who's spreading uh, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's, it's the incumbents, the ones who don't want this change because they're built on centralized currencies, centralized applications. So they're not going to want you know their own businesses to be disrupted, and you're just now starting to see companies like J.P. Morgan uh, that at one point said you know that that uh, that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were were you know a fraud, and now they're coming around to see the applications of it. So incumbents just need time uh, to see the applications, but you know we we all know the applications of it. We know that it's better and. And the best product always will win over a long enough uh,
0: time. That's interesting because you're right, J.P. Morgan. So uh, Jamie Dimon in in 2017, he called Bitcoin a fraud. I mean, uh, think about that. The word, it's a fraud. A a fraud is what? Someone that is is conniving, stealing, cheating. Let me actually pull up the word. Fraud meaning, because I want to make sure everybody out here knows that word fraud. What it means, wrongful or criminal deception intended to result in financial or personal gain. Well, don't you think there are many currencies around the world, hand hint, hint, all currencies around the world that one could argue falls into that same conversation? Yeah, there's there there are
1: people who commit fraud in, in fiat currencies. There's people who've commit fraud in cryptocurrencies. So it will there will always be bad actors in, in any ecosystem uh, worth playing in. Um, but that doesn't make the ecosystem the fraud.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bernie Madoff, for instance, how many smart people uh, were were hurt in that scheme, a scheme that did not involve (laughs) cryptocurrency, had nothing to do with crypto, nothing at all. Exactly. And and I find that this space has more transparency in it, that you can see transactions, you can see where they went, you can see where they're camping, that all of that is out there on the blockchain. So that kind of leads us into our next side. like The companies that you interact with, Alex, some of the the, the innovative uh, ideas out there that most people have never heard of before. Like, so, who are some of the projects that to you are like, man, Dustin, this was this is a cool company. What they're doing? Like, who are some of your opinion?
1: So, I think Lightning Labs building on top of the Lightning Network um, is doing some really interesting things to make uh, Bitcoin uh, more scalable. Um, I think it's it's definitely like early days, but I, I'm really excited about you know what what they're building um, on top of Lightning Network. Um, I think Cash app is doing some really incredible things. Um, taking a consumer application that already has tens of millions of users, they're I- integrating Bitcoin into the into the ecosystem, and they're letting everybody easily buy and sell uh, Bitcoin uh, through their application. Um, their Their earnings just came out, and I believe it was fifty percent of their revenue came from Bitcoin transactions. So they, this is a company that is, that's highly established. It's a public company now showing the world that you can make money by, by sell, buying and selling Bitcoin. And it is a real business model. And they have a lot of competitors. And so when those competitors start to see that, that, that uh, Cash App is making a lot of money by investing in, in Bitcoin, the Bitcoin ecosystem, they're going to start to invest in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And there's going to be a ripple effect across the industry that shows getting into the bitcoin space like is a good business uh idea and it's going to encourage more people to
0: uh build in in the ecosystem fantastic well thank you for sharing those gems with us in terms of alex how do we find you how do we learn more about lolly
1: yeah so we are at lolly.com l-o-l-l-i.com uh on twitter we're very active uh we uh we're at try lolly at trylolly and uh instagram um as well and that's just gonna be at lolly so uh yeah feel free to check us out there and give us a follow and uh be sure to download our uh extensions for chrome firefox and microsoft edge um and and uh start stacking stats
0: uh, that's great well thank you for joining us on this episode on the bitcoin dot com podcast alex thank you for having me you've listened to another episode of the bitcoin dot com podcast Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.